From the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with Corey Gomahani of Chapter Financial, who, since 1984, have been serving their clients' life, pension and investments needs. They've built a strong reputation for putting the client first, building trust and reliability, which is rarely experienced in other institutions. Thank you so much for joining me on AIBF Business Talk today, Porik. Porik, you know, through your work that you do at Chapter Financial, you come into clear contact with business owners, managers, directors, but entrepreneurs at heart every day of the week. What would some of those was the biggest mistakes or failings that you see and how a business owner needs to take control of their finances and their future direction? Good morning. Thanks very much for having me. Um, I think one of the key things being a business owner myself and fairly new to the, I've been a director before, I've been a senior manager before, but this is my first punt, I suppose, of being a business owner. So I've been there, I've done that. Uh, I think the key thing, and it's a lesson I learned off my predecessor, is you have to take care of yourself, financially and health-wise as well, and mentally. You will, there'll be a lot of pressures on you. Whether you have five staff, 10 staff, or you're out on your own, it literally comes down to financially protecting you, your family, and then you can do your day-to-day work and decide how much effort you want to put it into it. And I know most people owe 110% particularly when they're starting out. One of the key things, I suppose, is like on our side, we see a lot of issues down the line where the basics have not been taken care of. Things like business co-directors covers, where you might go in with a partner. We had an instance there a couple of months back where we had adequate serious illness cover in place for the individuals. And they had pensions. They had taken care of everything for the staff. They were adamant that pensions and everything shall we say, income protection, your death in service, the staff were taken care of. But unfortunately, one of the directors got ill and passed away. Now, the they had practically a 50, it was a 49-51 sharing. That meant that there was no cash flow in the business because their primary sales lead died. They had nobody left within the business to actually drive those sales. But more importantly, 49% of that company was technically owned by the family of the individual that passed away. Now they had a fantastic relationship. They did made every effort to make sure that there were funds made available on a longer term and they came to an agreement. But that would have been all avoided if there was a simple policy put in place. It could have been paid by the company and there would be a lump sum that both individuals had agreed that was going to be there in the case of death or serious illness. And you can do that for key individuals. You may have a sales manager. She or he might be fantastic at the role but something happens to them. And again, that has a huge impact on the cash flow. So there are little things that we, as a criteria, when you're starting off the one, two, three in business, you make sure that that individual is protected. The second thing I suppose would be also, you're moving towards what is, you've got to have a plan. You're building your five year, your 10 year strategy. People forget you have to plan for when you're exiting or actually establish the option to exit. So that's where, the bonus parts, the pensions, building up the value in the business and extracting that in a tax efficient fashion down the line. But having the advice and having a clear plan, you might implement things for two, three years, five years down the line until you've built up that business. But the basic 
the basic protection has to be there to start with and then you can work on all else yeah because that's ironic because you know i myself it's something that i've come across you know in, in the area and i think that you know we're very used to maybe if somebody takes out a mortgage in their lifetime of getting the life assurance and protecting that as a financial product however on the other side you know it is so true that when you think and you look at your business and if you are fortunate enough to have a business partner there's a couple of directors or investors in the company you know the different people play very different pivotal roles and like that if one of the main lines be somebody in business development or research or as you mentioned there in your example sales does happen to pass away well, what happens to their share is it a case of putting the company under that extra financial pressure to have to pay out under the terms of the will or you know or whatever that is but um so it's something very very relevant to think about i think it's a very good foundation block as well you know and i suppose the whole thing about it is as well Pori, it's never too late is it no absolutely not and i think the funny thing that you'll see is you mentioned mortgages when people come to me on an individual basis they say yeah you ask them about life covers or serious illness they say yeah, yeah my bank put something in place trust me most allows to protect the bank Often in instances, they'll come and they'll say, well, the bank told me to put an extra 50 grand there. That would be ours, etc." No, our very first point would be if it's going to cost you 50 quid to get the cheapest cover to cover you for mortgage protection, that's what you do. You cover it off and you separate that. That's to cover the bank. Anything else that you might be able to afford on a monthly basis is to cover you, your family, and then ultimately your business. When it comes to the business itself, I have clients that are paying 50, 60, 100 and several hundred thousand on general insurance every year to protect their actual manufacturing, their production lines, their staff, PDI, PL, everything. And they would balk at on the quid a month to make sure that they are taken care of if anything happens to them. And the primary source of their business tends to be them, their personality and who they are and their contacts. It's astounding. Yeah, and it's, and it's all about having the open conversation, isn't it? Because it's, it's never really too early to plan. And you mentioned there your second point, you know, after protection is the planning side of things. And to think about, you know, the, the old proverbial phrase my grandmother used to say, you know, start as you mean to go on. You know, so always, you know, have your end in mind when you are starting a business and whether that's to continue it on to the next generation or whether it's to plan your exit, you know, be that to hand over the reins to somebody else or sell out your shares. By putting the right plan in place, you can do that very tax efficiently. Yeah, there is a danger when you're building a business that you don't take care of yourself. Most owners will pay themselves a reduced salary initially when they're starting off. They feel they have to keep the cash flows there or the what is. And then ultimately they pay the price down the line. We're very good. I started in the bank on about £18,000 way back when. And they took 50 quid out of it at the end of the week or the end of the month out of my pay packet. And genuinely, I could use that on the pub on a Friday night. But it went towards a pension age. And that compound interest has made a massive difference. We have a bad habit as we proceed in life and increase our salaries. Our expenses tend to kind of, you know, they, they coincide with our increase. We find ways of spending our money. If, however, 20 years ago on salary of 18 odd grand, I had turned around and said, you know what? Anything extra that I get for the next couple of years, I'm going to find a way to put that aside into a pension tax efficiently. It, you see huge results as you get closer to retirement. It gives you a choice. It gives you options. So the second thing, again, as I said, we have a bad habit of actually taking care of our staff first mm -hmm. and forgetting that those staff 
may not have a job if those individual principals are not able to take care of themselves. So look, it's not something I'd like to harp on about because you have a lot of things coming at business owners on a day-to-day -day basis. You have to trust that the advice ultimately is the advice that you require and that you trust the individual giving that advice. But we have the ability to shop around. We have plenty of apps out there that'll tell you exactly what you should have, what you could be doing, et cetera, et cetera. Ultimately, every company has those apps. It's the individuals that's giving you the advice, as I said, and how they tie in with the current framework that you actually have in place. And as well as that, you know, a thing I suppose for us all to bear in mind is that at different stages throughout our lives and our careers, there are different priorities, you know, from a planning perspective. So it's ever so important to keep revisiting your plan because maybe where you thought you'd be in five years time is very different than where you are. So you need to revisit your priorities. You could have, you know, kids going to college. You could have, you know, different milestones like that to plan for. So it's it's, it's being in touch, you know. Yeah, very much so. And it is that comfort level. It is, we very much start with a conversation. And that conversation invariably changes over time. We have clients that have done unexpectedly well in a very fast period of time. And their needs and wants change rapidly, whereby the cover that they had last year doesn't actually help them this year, or they need to be amended, or they need to have that conversation. But as it goes back to the fact that Having a little bit of education, knowing what questions to ask. I think one of our biggest fears in the industry, or as owners, we think we have to know everything. And we're afraid that the individuals that we're going to be approaching are simply going to just flog us something. I hate the term sales. I hate the term, you know, I use flog deliberately. When I worked in the bank, people came into me and they asked for a pension. And I had a life provider on hand and I tried to fit people into a box. Now, over the last 20, 25 years, thankfully, I've been able to grow into a role where I can now use any product from across the market. And invariably, I'll sit down and show the individual how it works for them and how it's a clever way of getting around X, Y, and Z that they may not have thought of and give them clear examples as to how it works for somebody in their position. And in that fashion, they can then ask questions well, maybe it might work better for me if X, Y, and Z, or I have to think about an inheritance coming down the line, or do you know what? I don't, my kids don't want to take on the business and I might have to sell it. Because we've been in those positions over and over again, we're in a position where we can sit down and give you a very clear statement, clear understanding, and educate you without you having to feel like a complete idiot because you have enough to take on. Simple as that. And I, look, I know I've been. There's an image that comes to my mind, Park, and it's of like this ostrich having his head buried in the sand. And very often, that's what a lot of business owners do. They say, look, I focus on what I do. Things are going grand. You know, that's boxed off. Yeah, the employees are fine. They're grand. And they treat themselves like, as I said, that ostrich having their heads buried in the sand. And very often, maybe until it's too late. So I'd encourage any of our listeners that are out there today, you know, uh, to I suppose, raise your heads and be curious. Be curious as to what you can do better with regards to looking after your own financial health, you know, your financial freedom. But very importantly, in a word that I really honed in on from you there, is being able to give yourself choice when it comes to it. You know, what choices will you have when it comes to your retirement age? Maybe when it comes to you wanting to exit the business, you know, or different stages of your life. Are you giving yourself the benefit of having those choices for all your hard work and dedication that you've put into building your business over the last number of years? 
Corey, before we go, I'd just like to maybe, there's one phrase that I hear thrown around a lot in the media recently, and it's this auto-enrollment. What's, what's this that I suppose employers need to be aware of? Yeah, it is, unfortunately, back in 2008, 2009, we were in a position where the Irish government decided that enough was enough. They had tried to introduce PRCs back in 2003, and they were meant to be effectively a panacea for pension time bomb, as they like to call it. We seem to have a lost generation between, shall we say, the newer generation in their 20s that understand that pensions are very important for their retirement. And those that are coming to, I suppose, their 60s and 70s that were part of the 70s and 80s, where your company tended to take care of you or your estate worker. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, as I did, you effectively understood both my parents were teachers, so thereby they had an income in the state. And you naturally assumed that when you joined a company, things were going to be taken care of. That was the old defined benefits format. The defined benefit format has died a death. It's just became too difficult for the actual entities that were running these schemes. I think there's only about 140 left in Ireland altogether currently operating. They gave you a fixed amount when you retired. So you had a clear understanding as to what you could afford in retirement. In the 80s and 90s, what they said was, we can't afford these anymore. So now you need will continue to make a payment on behalf of the company, but you now need to go and invest that. A lot of people fell by the wayside, never even asked about pensions. So back in 2009, 2010, both Ireland and the UK decided we have to put mandatory pensions in place where we will force people to pay a small amount in each month and we will force the company to make a contribution as well. Now, in the UK, they have the NES system which caught hold and by 2014, they had pretty much everybody signed up. It's been running quite successfully and they're now moving towards 89% of a contribution and people are getting used to it, just like they do in Australia. That system, finally, is going to be kicking in next year. And it means that individuals are going to be forced to pay a portion. It's only a couple of percent into an actual pension. But I think the rates have been set. Anyone over the age of 23 up to the age of 60 will have to go in and make a payment into this auto-enrollment system. So the company has to pay, I think it's 1.5%. There's still a lot of fluidity around it, but 1.5%, 1.5% by the individual themselves. And it's a mandatory basis. They can opt out after seven months, the employer cannot. So effectively what I suppose we're saying is there is a mandatory payment or an increase in your salary payments or payments to your employees or costs overall that you'll have to be aware of and make allowances for in 2023. And that potentially will go up to 6% initially over 10 years, that's what they're citing. And more likely it's gonna go up around the 9%, even higher as we become more used to it. But these are costs that have to be absorbed by the individuals themselves and the employee. Right. So there's a lot there to, to plan ahead for. So I think if we've got any, you know, any employers of whatever listening in here today, that this is a cost that is coming down the road. It's going to be mandatory. But I think it's not before it's time as well. Precedent has been set by a lot of other jurisdictions. I know that when I personally worked in the 90s and the 2000s in Australia, um, there was a certain amount put in by myself and by my employer. And it was great to see it there. And I think if you haven't been a person that has, you know, set up your own pension, 
maybe it's a it's a good thing for you that it's setting a good practice as well. The poor. It is. I would say one final thing. You, the tax relief effectively that's going to be available. The government. The whole incentive here is that the government is going to it's carrot and stick option. They're forcing you to put money aside into a pension that will gradually increase over the next six, seven, eight, ten years, both on the company side and on the individual side. However, they are going to give you an actual extra top up of one euro. The problem is that works to the benefit of anyone on the lower rate of tax, but anyone that's on the higher rate of tax, they're losing out on a huge amount of tax relief. Because at the end of the day, very simple example, it's coming up to the end of tax year. For personal individuals, you might be lucky enough to have 10 grand sitting in your bank account. You put that 10 grand into a personal pension. Straight away at the higher rate of tax, you're going to get it checked back effectively within a couple of weeks for four grand. It's a lot more than you're going to actually get from the local credit union. Now, you might not be in that position, but it works for all contributions. At the end of the day, you're trading in. If you can just put a basic pension in place, you can still make the same contributions as you would with the new auto-enrollment system, but you have a much better system for the employees going forward. It is a benefit for the employees as opposed to, unfortunately, the company has to still make those allowances, but why throw away the extra incentive for the individuals themselves? Definitely food for thought there, Porg. Porg, I think that one thing that I've really got from you today, you know, and I suppose as a party note for our listeners is that to make sure that you have that open, honest conversation with your financial advisor. Um, and, you know, as I said, once everything is spoken about in a very open, fluid way, the best plan can be put in place to help protect you, your employees, your family and your business going forward. But also, very importantly, you know, to allow you to have that freedom of choice when the time comes to us for all your hard work. Absolutely. Absolutely. You deserve to do it for yourself. Corey, if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with you and um, to continue the conversation, whether it be that around protection, planning, pensions, auto enrollment, how would you advise they do that? Well, we are launching our brand new website tomorrow. Uh, it's chapterfinancial.ie and you can get a complimentary audit of your business or personal finances. And we have a fantastic team inside. And by all means, contact me directly just for a conversation. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Paul. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to AIBF Business Talk today. I really do hope you enjoyed listening in. To find out more about the All-Ireland Business Foundation and the work that we do, especially the Business All-Stars program, just go to www.aibf.ie. Remember, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Until next time, from your host, Elaine Carl. goodbye. <laughs>